But I knew you had run Boston, but I didn't realize you'd made it by nine seconds. Did you know at the time? Yes, I knew because I was coming uphill to a marathon finish, the worst marathon of my life in terms of like pain. (laughs) And my dad was jumping up and down screaming, it's going to be seconds. It's going to be close. Sprint, sprint. And I was like, oh my goodness. My dad is screaming sprint. (laughs) (laughs) That's the last thing I want to do. Hey everybody, this is Mike Schneider, also known as Moose. I'm definitely a big-ass runner from the great state of Arizona. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over this beautiful world. Now here's your host, Jeff the Hitman Harrell. Well, thank you, Moose. I got to meet Mike down in Arizona when we were down there for the Black Canyon 100k he was awesome because we met him the night before two nights before but then he showed up at one of the very last aid stations at like midnight awesome awesome great to meet mike mike's a great great guy i really appreciate him and his help at the black canyon 100k well my name is jeff harold this is the big ass runner podcast episode number 96 Not good at math. I think we are four away from triple digits. Very exciting. We've got a great show for you today. In segment number one, one of my favorite guests that we have on is Sarah Vandernoot. Sarah is the owner, founder, CEO, designer, pretty much everything when it comes to the best running jackets and vests out there, vanderjacket.com. But as good a designer as she is, as great as her jackets are, she's an even better person. And we're going to get up to speed on what's going on with Sarah. But she brings us a DIY trail gear tip, a pro tip that you are going to want to hear. So that's segment number one. And then segment number two, I asked the Big Ass Runner Herd, what was the best trail running advice they've ever gotten You all responded in a big way. So I'm going to share all of that awesome content, all that awesome suggestions, really good stuff, ranging from practical to emotional. It's just really good. So I'm going to share that in segment number two. But before we get to that, Stephen and I went to a race this past weekend, and it was unusual in that I didn't actually run the race. I'd been out of town in Indianapolis, missed a couple of my runs exhausted from the trip. And so I went just to support Steven to cheer on him as he did this race. It was actually, it was a really interesting race. It was called Possum's Revenge. I don't know what someone did to the possum that they needed to get their revenge, but something went down because the possum was getting revenge and they named a race after it. But what's cool about this race is there was a four mile loop that you could do an eight mile a 17 mile, just keep adding a loop. You could do, I think there was a 56K, a 52 mile, and a 69 mile. There were all kinds of distances going on out there in about two hour drive away from where we live out in Grayford, Texas. And so we drove out there. I had to be at Stephen's house at 515. I had to get up at 415, be at his house at 515. We drove out to the race. And it was awesome just to have a little bit different role. I didn't have to worry about 
the race day actually running. I just was there to enjoy and to encourage and to clap when people cross the finish line. It's really, really cool. So I grabbed a little couple of pieces of audio that I want to share with you. Okay, we are at the Possum's Revenge Trail Race out here in Grayford, Texas on Lake Possum Kingdom or Possum Kingdom Lake, one of the above. Uh, this is the first race in quite a while, maybe since Bandera, that I am actually not running. Steven is running the eight milers and do a quick jaunt around the eight mile track. But uh, here is lots of activity here at the start finish line. See all the pop up tents and runners finishing. And as always, just a good vibe here at the trail race. And Stephen had has really been training well. He's in really good shape, been running in the heat. So he was ready for this race. And for eight miles, kind of knew about what time he would finish. And so, you know, the off they go. The four-milers and the eight-milers start at the same time. Off they go down this road. You don't see them until they come back down the road when they finish. So you're only going to see them start and finish. I'm hanging around talking to Chris Barnwell. You guys have heard from Chris before on the show. Great race director. He's actually taking over this race. He wasn't the race director for this race this year, but he will be next year, which is super cool. And so I mean, I'm just chatting with Chris and seeing people and, and having a good time, enjoying just cheering people as they cross the finish line. Super cool to do that. I start looking at my watch and I'm like, okay, I think Steven should be here any moment. He's not there. Keep looking at my watch. Keep looking at my watch. And I grabbed a little audio. Well, we just got done. Or we, by we, I mean Stephen just got done. I was getting a little concerned because he, I knew at time about what time he would finish and kept waiting, waiting, waiting. No Stephen. Saw people finishing that I know he would have probably uh, finished ahead of and started thinking, uh-oh, I hope he didn't either get injured or get lost. And unfortunately, it was the latter. He missed a turn and ran, basically turned an eight-mile race into a 10.3-mile race. But he finished, and we're he's changing now, and we're about to head to get some pancakes. Yes, Stephen made a wrong turn and added 2.3 miles to his race. So he got in a 10 point, got, got his money's worth, got in a 10 mile race, but that did not slow down our excitement about pancakes and grabbing breakfast on the way home. Have you ever missed a turn during a race or gotten lost? Has that ever happened to you? Well, it happened to Steven, but he was fine. And by the way, Steven and you guys know how much we love path projects on this show. He had gotten some new path gear. I just got to share it with you all because I was pretty jelly. In fact, I'm ordering my own version of these two items, but he had, I don't know if you guys have seen the non elite shirts that path has. Well, they have a cap version. It's the Kofuzi X path cap. It's got not it's a black cap has non elite on the front. Super cool. Steven was wearing that post race very jelly, but he ran in a new path shirt that I need to tell you about because it is awesome. It's so cool that I don't even know how exactly to pronounce it. 
it's either the Unita or Unita Ad SS shirt. It is super cool because it's got this air dot mesh. It's like little holes in the fabric that allows it to breathe. So it is perfect for summer, for hotter weather. Steven sported that. And I don't think that's why I got lost, but he said he loved it. And he's very particular, as you guys know. So check out those two new items from Path Projects, pathprojects.com. The best running gear from some awesome people that are part of this trail running community. Well, with that, let's get going on episode number 96, The Big Ass Runner. Well, Sarah Vandernude is one of my favorite people in the running community. Just one of my favorite people, period. Don't even want to add running community, just period. And she joins the show, and I think you're really going to enjoy this because she just has a great perspective. She's a great runner, as you're about to hear. She's a great designer, has a super cool do-it-yourself pro tip for all of you. Here's my conversation with Sarah Vandernude. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is the great Sarah Vandernoot. Sarah, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Jeff. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for inviting me. Well, yeah, we love having you on. Everyone knows what a big fan we are of your jackets and what big fans we are of your company, but we're big fans of you too. So I thought we could maybe start. It's been a little while since you've been on the show. I thought we could start with just maybe you could give us an update on how your spring's gone. And I know you've run a marathon pretty recently as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I have to say it was one of those marathons where I just wanted to finish. And then I was very, very surprised by the performance. And I think it was because I didn't go into it stressed out. And I was just, I was there to enjoy the process and have fun. And, and it turned out that I ran really fast. And that was a great birthday surprise. I ran it around my birthday time. I ran the Colorado Marathon on May 1st. And this is a marathon that has like, I should not say how much foot drop it is, but it's a fast one. The course is almost all downhill. And it goes from the Poudre Canyon down into Fort Collins. So you're right along the Poudre River and it's gorgeous. It's kind of funny because you take a bus up to the start. And so you're driving up there, you know, in the dark with other runners. And they actually stopped at the half marathon and really put on the brakes and stopped turned the bus off for a while and gave people a minute to decide if they would rather just run the half. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. uh, That was not expected. (laughs) No one got off the bus. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. That's a, that'd be a tough one. If you're on the, on the line and then they stop, you're like, well, maybe maybe that's my sign that I'm supposed to do the half. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) So that was very comical. There definitely were a few, memorable things about the marathon for me personally. One was on the bus ride up. I just sat by the first empty bus seat and I was thinking, oh, I'm sitting by this woman. 
And then turned out she was 17 years old running her first marathon. And <laughs> I asked her, you know, oh, do you expect to see anybody at the finish? And she said, no, you know, my parents are pretty busy. I get it, you know. And it just, it broke my heart, but it made me realize, like, how mentally tough this person I was sitting next to was. No doubt. A uh, 17-year-old girl. Yes. I mean, we were, we boarded the buses at 4.30 in the morning. Um, and she, this was all on her own initiative, you know, boarded the bus, was going to run a marathon, and then walk away at the finish with nobody there. And I know. And it's like, uh, to me, it was like, whoa, I'm so glad I got to talk with her today. And, you know, I said, I, I think you're going to do great. You are very tough and you probably don't even realize that. <laughs> but that was definitely memorable. The other thing that was so cool, and this is just a part of running, and so many people will relate to this. I saw a guy running in like kind of like zero shoes, you know, Yep. the shoes with very minimal design to them. And he was looking really, really fresh. And I think I saw him like at mile four or so. And I just commented like, you look really smooth. You have a really smooth gait. And that just opened up conversation. And we just talked for about eight miles and you know, honestly, it was so generous of him to just be okay talking with me because, you know, people have different needs in terms of like, if they want to talk during their race or not. Right. And or just, yeah. Just, some people just like to focus. Just don't talk yeah. to me. I'm, I'm focused on my run, especially in road running. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was surprised that he was open to just chatting and you know, I run alone in the morning. Like that's how I do my training. A lot of times it's in the dark and it's not that I don't enjoy running with people. I just never do. So honestly, just like running next to someone talking with him, it was just such a pump you up type <laughs> encounter. Um, I'm sure that that really helped my race and it's all credit to him in some ways because it just took my mind off the race and I was running a lot faster per mile than I had at all during training, just enjoying the conversation. And I just think running can really do that. And by the time we parted ways, you know, he was like, I'm going to actually stop and take a bathroom break and stuff. And I went and kept running, but you know, I knew a lot about him and yeah. that's so cool. Like just to meet people and to hear their story, to pass the time. It's a beautiful thing. That's awesome. I, I love when, you know, and sometimes you take a chance like, oh, I, you know, I feel like I should say something to that person, but should I, do they want me to? But when you usually take that risk and, and say it or make that compliment or, hey, I'll, I'll enjoy your shoes or whatever, like that happened yeah. to me with Caroline. There's a lady named Caroline that I've talked about on the show before. We were running this race called Rocky Raccoon and I just saw oh, her, yeah. her shoes were so cool. And I was like, and she's going to think this weird old guy is asking her about her shoes, but I just had to ask her about her <laughs> shoes. And she was another, she was a shoe horse, just like me, just love shoes. So we get, we got to talking about shoes yeah. and she started listening to the show and we've had her on and we actually ran together a couple of weeks ago at this race called coyote run. So 
usually when you take that risk yeah. and say that thing you want to say, you make yeah. this cool connection. And I don't know if that was the case with the 17 year old or with this guy in the zero shoes, but it usually really pays yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'll just say like his name was Nick and it was like, we really hit it off and I pro will probably never see him again. And that's fine, but I will always remember. Him. And same with Caroline. I mean, I guess the thing is, especially like now that I am getting older, I just realized that you can be friendly. And if somebody isn't okay with being friendly back, there's a number of reasons why they might not be. And when I was younger, I used to think, well, if someone wasn't friendly back, it was because of me, you know, or something. It's probably they just can't talk like and run or, you know, whatever the case. And so now I'm just more ready to like take a risk and understand that some people will respond and some people won't. And that's fine. But it's fun when they do. <laughs> that's such a good insight because I think the younger version of myself who is a little bit, you know, not as confident in who I was would, you know, like to your point, would say something. And if they, they didn't respond or didn't want to talk, I'd, I would internalize that and go, you know, make it a personal yeah. assault. <laughs> and it's yeah, not, and it's not about me at all. It's about, you know, something like you just said, they're going through or a preference that they have. And it like, just be able to brush that off and keep moving forward. is such a good insight. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a great race. I have to say, can I just say for my age group, to qualify for Boston was 24 seconds away. And no way. I did not realize that and finished and did a real quick check on my phone about my official time and then the Boston qualifier. And I was just a hair off. And I had mixed feelings about that because on the one hand, if I made it to Boston, then I'd have to go run Boston. <laughs> Since I didn't make it to Boston, I... I don't get to go run Boston. It's funny how we phrase things in our head. Exactly. But um, I ran Boston in college. And so I, I do have that memory. But when I ran it in college, I only made the cutoff by nine seconds. So I've always been like really right on the edge. And I know other runners listening can empathize with that being very shy or barely making a cutoff one way or another. I personally cannot relate to that. <laughs> I've never come close to making those kinds of races. I know you've told the Boston story. Maybe it was the New York story you told us where you, you were rocking and you hit hit the goo packet and it exploded. On oh, you. yes. But I knew you had run Boston, but I didn't realize you made it by nine seconds. Did you know at the time? Yes, I knew because I was coming uphill to a marathon finish, the worst marathon of my life in terms of like pain. And my dad was jumping up and down screaming, it's going to be seconds, it's going to be close, sprint, sprint. And I was like, oh my goodness, my dad is screaming sprint? It's <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to do. Yes, yes. This was the Newport Marathon in Oregon, and it ends on an uphill. And he was at the top just jumping up and down and screaming. And it was like, oh my goodness. I, I was very taken aback. And if he hadn't alerted me in such a way I never would have run Boston I'm sure oh, <laughs> so, <wow>. yeah <laughs> funny that you asked <laughs> I know you're moving into the summer and you're kind of always looking at designs and things like that I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the things you're working on from a Vander Jacket perspective a lot of big Vander Jacket fans listening right now I'd love to know what you're working on and, and what's the, the latest 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing I'm working on is just growing my business. So I've grown Vanderjacket for about 11 years now. And really, like in my heart, I'm a designer. Like that's really where I want to spend my time. And I love going down to my basement and just playing around with functional ideas and just different garments, jackets and vests. And that's where my heart is for sure. I think I really enjoy people. So I love talking to people, but I'm not the best salesperson. So finding independent running stores to carry our jackets is a challenge. And at this point, we have about 15 stores who have either had Vanderjacket this year or currently are stocked up. And I could not be more proud to partner with these people and get to know them. But I'm very old school in a sense. I want to meet them and I want to talk with them. And I'm also the founder of of this company. And so it's, it's a very small company. When you're talking to me, you're talking to the person who made the pattern for the thing that I'm trying to sell. So anyway, long story short, finding new running stores is a challenge. And I would just be so interested to know what small running stores are being represented among the big ass runner herd. Where are people shopping? Because those are the names. Those are the people I would want to reach out to. And I know people can be, runners can be extremely loyal to the running store that serves their community. And these are the type of stores that I want to seek out. So that would be a huge help. I would say, and you know this, Sarah, that the big ass runner herd are so kind and so helpful. I'm going to predict Based on what you just asked, that the big ass runner herd out there, and, and another thing too, we we love supporting local business, small business like your, yours, yeah. Sarah. So, big ass runner herd, you heard the challenge. Let Sarah know your local running store. Sarah, would, would it be good for them to just send you a, a direct message on Instagram? Yes. What's the best way to do that? Yes, and if you are kind of an Instagram shy person, don't even worry. Like, just DM me with the name of your store in the town where it is. And, you know, here's the thing. In the past, people from the Big Ass Runner Herd have shared with me where they shop. I've reached out to those stores. They don't always take us up on bringing in Vanderjacket apparel, and they have to make those decisions based on what they think is right. But we always seek out those stores. We will take these suggestions seriously. So if you want to just send me a direct message on Instagram where you're shopping, or the local running store that you love, I want to know. That would be so helpful. Well, knowing the big ass runner herd, they're going to slide in, as they say, as the kids say, they're going to slide into your DMs. That's what I'm predicting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we were talking a little bit earlier, and you've got, you know, you, like you said, you're a designer at heart, and you're always looking at design, not just from the way it looks, but also the way it functions. And I know you've got a great, helpful thing for us to learn from you on that that will help us kind of a do-it-yourself piece. Share a little bit about that. Yeah, I do. Okay. So I always want to give somebody something helpful if they talk to me. And hopefully some of your runners will be able to do this DIY project. I think that when it comes to the summer months and we kind of shed those layers and we're running in a t-shirt or a tank or just a sports bra or just shorts, whatever the case, it's 
really helpful if there's a pocket right where you want it. And I think that really adding a pocket to shorts or a t-shirt, a tank, is really pretty easy. And everyone should be able to do it. So I kind of wanted to walk through, do a step-by-step for people. I know a lot of people have never sewed anything before. But I want to describe that because I think especially among trail runners, innovative, bizarre, do-it-yourself DIY culture is really a part of trail running heritage in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. I was listening to this kid's podcast, and I don't even remember what it was called, but my daughters were listening to it, and, and it was about Junko Tabei of Japan. This is a woman who was 36 climbing Mount Everest and summiting, which is how she prefers to be remembered, but she was the first woman to summit Everest. And she would cut up old car seats and make her climbing gear, make her gloves out of that stuff. And I mean, like, here's a mountain woman for sure. And there are other trail runners and like legendary trail runner people who like they're just making things based on like what they need to get it done out there, you know, on the trail. Absolutely. Yep. And it's so inspiring. So let's just start with you're going to put a pocket on a piece of clothing. I think what you can do is just decide what would be the most helpful thing to carry on your run. For me, it's always like my phone because I, I run with my phone to listen to podcasts and things. And I know some people, they just have the watch, but whatever that thing is that you wish you could carry when you'd rather run naked, basically, because it's so hot, but you have something you want to carry, get that thing in hand. And really what you want to do is find a piece of fabric I would suggest going to your thrift store and looking in the fabric section. There's always a variety of fabrics there hanging, and they're going to be really inexpensive. But honestly, you could just use a piece of tarp. You could use a piece of Tyvek material, the fabric that is the reusable grocery shopping bag fabric. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You could take a reusable grocery shopping bag and cut that up. These types of fabrics, if you don't see the threads fraying at the edges, that's a perfect fabric for this project because it's not going to fray on you over the long run and over many washes. So if you can find a fabric that doesn't have those threads flaying off the edge, get a hold of that and the object that you want to carry on your run and the piece of clothing that you love and you could envision putting a pocket on. And basically put your object that you want to carry down on the fabric and cut a rectangle around it, probably an inch wider than the thing you want to carry. And then you want to make the rectangle deep so that the object that you have can just drop down in and settle into the pocket without fear of it falling out the top. So your width is probably an inch wider than the object and then the height of the rectangle should be like two or three inches taller than the object and this is so super basic for for someone who's never sewed if you cut out that rectangle don't even bother to turn the edges of the fabric or anything like that i would put that rectangle right on your t-shirt or 
your tank top and figure out where you want to put it. And then really you just need a needle and thread and you can borrow that. You can find that at a grocery store, a needle and thread. They have a section usually like by the cleaning supplies and you can just stitch very carefully and it's going to be helpful if it's like smaller stitches and just stitch three sides of that pocket and it's going to look rough, but that's kind of trail running chic. That's the look. So, yeah. That's the look you want. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's going to bring extra joy to your life if you get fabric in a color that you think is cool. So find something you like, but if you can sew three sides of that, and drop your object in, it's going to make your run so much easier just to be able to carry that. I don't know. That's a pain point, I think, for a lot of people because we have these things that we want and we want them accessible and it's hard to know where to put them in the summer. So and It's hard to find things that have, like you just said, the pocket where you want it. And you know, they may have a pocket, but maybe it's too big, too small, not where you want it. So what you just described would make it the perfect size and the perfect spot because you're picking both those things. Yeah, yeah. And I would say you have to go into this without thinking clothes are sacred. They're not sacred. Like they should serve you, especially running clothes should serve you, the runner. Yeah. (laughs) So don't be afraid of messing up because you can always cut the pocket off and readjust. The types of fabrics I described are pretty durable. You could take them off. You could move it if you needed to. And then at the end of the day, you should be proud that you altered your clothes to make it work for you. That's very cool. I love it. You know, Sarah, when you said you were going to teach us how to do a pocket, my first thought was you're going to teach most people because I am not good at this kind of thing. But after describing uh-huh. it, I'm going to give it a try. I think I can do it. I think it, oh, I, really? you made it so easy <laughs> sounding. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it a go. And my wife's going to probably laugh at me, but I'm going to give it a go. Oh, cool. That, that'd be awesome. I One thing I would say is if it's going to be on a shirt, don't put it like at the bottom of the shirt towards the hem because when you're running, whatever object you have is going to bang against your hip. Oh, good advice. Especially if it's like the weight of a phone. Like I have a iPhone 8 Plus, so I have like the big the bad boy phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a pretty big size. And if it's anywhere near my hip, it will like bang on my hip for a 20-mile run. And that will put a little bruise on my hip. I've had that happen before. What you might consider is putting a pocket in between your shoulder blades or putting a pocket up pretty high on your chest. If you can imagine a t-shirt, like a kind of classic t-shirt with a pocket, that would even be too low. Yeah. A standard t-shirt with a pocket on the chest. Yep. That might be a little low. You might want to put it a little higher than that even so it won't bang on you when you're running. Yep. Yep. But if it's that high it'll be stable. So look at that man. Pro tips from Sarah Vanderdoot. <laughs> Such good stuff. Well, Sarah, I know in, in, by the way, I did want to mention if, if someone this is the first time you've heard Sarah, go back and listen to episode number 18. That was the first time Sarah was on and also episode mm-hmm. 70. You'll hear a lot more. You hear about how her dad ran for Nike. There's so many cool things that you you've been a part of Sarah that you do and that you are I just want to make sure people know where to find more of your content well if someone's interested in Vanderjacket I imagine Vanderjacket.com is the best place to go absolutely Vanderjacket.com and Instagram is great we're just at Vanderjacket 
on Mondays, we like to come out with our latest batch of things we made that week. And so that's always on Instagram. So if you want to see immediately what we've just made Instagram, but very officially and more curated is our website, vanderjacket.com. Awesome. Well, Sarah, we appreciate you. I, again, I, I've, I've tell people all the time, I think that the, one of the biggest blessings of this podcast is the people that I get to meet. And I certainly count you as one of those blessings. So thank you so much for always bringing us just your encouragement, your insight, your knowledge, and in this case, some major pro tips. So really, really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jeff. I love being a part of the Big Ass Runner community. I am always amazed how supportive and how much crossover there is among listeners. So if you just started listening, oh, just wait, just wait. <laughs> I think you have some friends who are ready to meet you. <laughs> I totally agree. So. Well, as always, thanks so much for joining us, Sarah. We'll be talking soon. Sounds good, Jeff. Thanks. Well, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. This week, we have Carissa Bodanza. Carissa had suffered a fairly significant injury, but she is back. She just finished her very first trail race since that injury. We are so excited, Carissa, that you are back up and you're back going and you're back competing and you're back running those trails. Super excited for you. Congratulations on finishing your first trail race since that injury. Way to go, Carissa. Well, we all are trying to improve to some degree our trail running ability. And I thought it would be really cool to crowdsource some content from the Big Ass Runner Herd and ask you guys, what is the best piece of trail running advice that you've ever received? And we got a lot of feedback on this. So thank you so much for those that took the time to send in your thoughts, the great advice that you've been given by coaches and peers and friends and who knows where, who knows where, who could even know? Who could even know that? You know, we watched Napoleon Dynamite the other day just for the heck of it. And I forgot any lines from that movie that I used. Do you guys like Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, will you do me a favor then? What? Can you bring me my chapstick? No, Napoleon. But my lips hurt real bad. Like anyone could even know that. I think Kip has the best lines. That's just my... That's my thought. Just borrow some from the school nurse. I know she has like five sticks in her drawer. So I'm going to share with you all the awesome pieces of advice that you shared with me. I think it will help all of us. The first is from the great Jeff Jordan. His name's Pinbuster300 on the gram. His piece of advice that was shared to him was walk the inclines, run the flats and the downhills. That is usually my strategy to at least for anything longer than a half marathon, walk the inclines, run the flats and the downhills. I know a lot of time for newbies, you think, man, I've got to run the whole time. Not true. Don't have to. Can if you feel like you should, but no shame in 
walking the inclines. Don't don't crush your legs before you need to because you've got usually a lot of miles left. So walking the inclines, running the flats and downhills, some great advice. Next piece of advice is from Kim Endo. You can find her on Instagram at Endo the Run. Pick up your feet and don't look away from the ground for too long. Pick up your feet. You're too slow. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Both of those are excellent pieces of advice. I'm a scooter when I run. I scoot. I think I've told the story about working with Run Lab and then saying that I'm basically fast walking, which was a little bit of an ego hit, but that's okay. Picking up your feet, so important, uh, especially when you're trail running because there's a lot of tripping hazards out there. And don't look away from the ground for too long because of said tripping hazards. Great piece of advice, Kim. Thank you for that. And by the way, Kim is an excellent runner. She podiums quite quite often. So thank you for that, Kim. Navigation Wild has a couple of pieces of advice. Number one, stop listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. That is, that is really deep, but so true. Because the... If you listen to yourself, the at least in my case, I shouldn't I probably shouldn't blanket statement this bad boy, but I tend to go, Oh, you're tired, you're not ready for this, you're undertrained, you're this, you're that. Stop listening to that and start telling yourself, I can do this. This ain't no big deal. I am ready. I'm prepared. Stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. <laughs> See here I'm now by myself uh, uh, talking to myself. That's that's chaos there. I like that one. And then another piece from Navigation. So I guess he was given two best pieces of advice. Don't over-exaggerate the past and stop overestimating the future. Yeah, think about that one. That's a good one. Don't over-exaggerate the past and stop overestimating the future. Yeah, I remember thinking back on some misses or some failures and those become bigger bigger things than they probably even were. You're exaggerating that and you think of think ahead, go, I could never fill in the blank. Actually, you can stop overestimating the future. Love that. Well, Venoth runs and hikes ads run your own race every time. This is such good advice and so simple but hard to often follow because you get caught up sometimes in someone else's race or a certain time you feel like you need to hit, just run your own race. Run your own race every time. Love that, Vina. Thank you for sharing that. Elaine Valley. You can find her at Elaine underscore V29 on the gram. If you keep tripping, slow down a bit and relax. relax. That was advice she got from Ultra For Real, best pacer ever. Yeah, Elaine, great advice. That is great advice, especially for those of us who trip a lot. Slow down a bit and relax. Great advice from her best pace, best pacer ever, Fiona. Thank you for that, Elaine. T-Juice22 says, and this is a great one. This is actually the last one I shared last week on things I've learned from doing this podcast that I think also apply to trail running. Have fun. If you're not having fun, what the heck's the point? Having fun, even if it's hard, makes it so much better. 
Thank you for that, T-Juice22. Gene on the run says, stop looking at your watch and look around. Nature is beautiful and snakes live here too. Love that one, Gene. Yeah, just enjoy. Enjoy the moment. Don't be so fixated on your watch, your time. Look around. Soak it in. Carpe diem. Whatever you want to throw in there. Living for the moment, not even for the day. Look around. Nature is beautiful. And of course, a little warning. Snakes live here too. I tell you what I'm going to give you, snakes. I'm going to give you to the count of 10. Thank you for that, Gene. Well, Mo, Runstoppable Mo says, enjoy every mile. Love that advice. Sometimes forget that. Some miles are harder than others. And even those that are hard are teaching us something, helping us overcome something, helping us get better. Enjoy every mile. Even the ones that are hard. Love that. Thank you for that, Mo. Ice Princess Franklin. We've heard this piece of advice just a second ago, but it's so good. We've got it twice and it's so on the money. Run your own race. Run your own race. Don't run anyone else's. Run your own race. Love it. Well, Duder Trail Running says, this is just super practical advice. I love this as a gear head, gear person. Here it is. Shoes, shoes, shoes. Get the right shoe for your foot, not your friend's feet. Get the right shoes for your feet, not your friend's feet. That's right. We say this on the show a lot. We like Hoka's. We've tried other brands as well. But that's just something that fits my foot the best. But that doesn't mean it's the right one for you. Find what feels good. Take it on a little spin and find the right shoe for you. All right, Moose running. You just heard from Moose in the intro. Don't worry about speed. Instead, be hyper aware and run for nature's inspiration. So good. I usually don't have to worry about speed anyway, but such good advice. I do worry about pace and all that. So this is good advice. Don't worry about speed or pace. Instead, be hyper aware, be in the moment, and run for nature's inspiration. Thank you for that, Moose. Such good advice. Well, Mind Body Persia says, prance like a show pony. In parentheses, knees up. So funny that you say that because when I've been working with Run Lab, that's kind of how it feels. And they say, get your knees up. I feel like I'm prancing. It feels strange. It feels odd because I'm just not used to it. And I think this is great advice. Getting your knees up, super important in trail running. And then our last one from Lori Diamond. She's at Lap Diamond on the Instagram. Don't look down, look forward about four or five feet. Very similar to Kim's advice as well. So true. Don't look straight down, look forward about four or five feet. Looking down, straight down anyway, it can mess up your form, mess up your back, mess up your neck. Love that, Lori. Well, thanks everyone who sent in your pieces of advice. It's always good to hear from the Big Ass Runner Herd. Hopefully you found some of those things helpful. And if you have anything that you're like, oh, I've got one, Jeff, 
send them over. Send them along. DM us at Big S Runner on Instagram or Jeff at BigSRunner.com. I would love to share them with the herd. Well, with that, there's some trail running advice from the herd. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 96 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks to everyone involved in this episode. For Moose for that great intro. To Sarah Vandernoot for helping us. Man, I just love her stories, her experiences, and for that pro tip. Amazing. Congrats again to Carissa for overcoming that injury and completing your first trail race. And for all the herd members who submitted their best piece of trail running advice hope that you found that helpful send me yours as well would love that and as always thanks to our audio engineer who makes us sound so good cuts out all the dumb stuff that i say from time to time steve silly string saunders and of course path projects go check out that non-elite hat and that new shirt, that breathable shirt with the Air Dot technology. You're going to love it. Steven loved it in the race that he just completed. Mine's on order. I'm sure I will love it as well. It's getting hot here in Texas especially, although we had a little bit of a, we had a little bit cold spell this week. It's crazy. Anyway, with all that, thanks so much for listening. Get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. That was awesome. Have you ever gotten wrong? Have you ever taken a wrong turn? Have you? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, now, hang on, Steve. I, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of this race. Hang on. Navigation Wild has a couple of pieces of... Has a couple of... Navigation... What's happening? What is happening here right now? I don't even know. I don't know what's happening. What's happening? If you're not having fun, what the heck's the point? Having fun, even if it's hard, makes it so much better. Makes it more fun. Uh, that's obvious, Jeff. Thanks for that. Yeah, cut that. Cut that, Steve. What did you say? Whatever I feel like I want to say. <laughs>